0: Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts. Yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over, gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it for the final show of 2019. We're sorry we haven't been with you in a minute. I've been traveling all over the country and out of the country, really. I've been to Jamaica and I've been to Atlanta for the college football playoff. Kyle's been busy holding down the fort for PFB and I'm sure covering lots of Tiger Woods, birthday and golf, mm. but uh, Kyle, it's good to be back with you.
1: It is good, Carson. It's It's been a minute. Uh, was your Christmas good? It was good. I spent it in Jamaica. Uh, not the
0: normal place to spend Christmas, but it was absolutely amazing. The place we were staying at it felt like you were on a private island, really. So it was uh, it was different. I've never been away from home on Christmas as far as like in a tropical climate, but we we played Christmas music and uh, came back and uh, enjoyed Christmas night before flying out to Atlanta. So it was it was a good time. And then Atlanta was all work, no play. So I'm ready for. A normal week coming up.
1: Yeah, I, it's similar for me, I, I actually, I took a week off, not similar at all, actually, but similar in terms <laughs> of taking a week off. Uh, I took the week off like basically right after signing day through Christmas, uh, which was nice because I feel like it's just, I mean, the, I don't know if the season is such a, it's kind of a grind and you get to the end, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm tired, you know, uh, like you don't really take a break throughout. So uh, yeah, I had fun with that. The kids got some soccer goals for Christmas, so I've been working on. I was like, I was doing headers last night, and uh, you know, just trying to just show off for the six year olds. And my wife was like, Jen, you know, she was like, Did you think you were pretty cool out there doing that? And, and I was like, Yeah, I looked awesome. And she was like, No, you didn't. <laughs> she keeps you so humble. Yeah. That's so what, we. That's she's the best. We've. We've been having fun with that, um, but yeah, Jackson and I went down to the to the Texas Bowl, OSU A and M. Drove back, got home like three in the morning on Saturday morning. So I basically just sat and watched like eight hours of football on Saturday afternoon uh, with the kids. So it was it was fun. It was there's a ton to talk about, but uh, we can we can get into all of it
0: you're we getting him started young on soccer that's good uh, that was my life growing up that's what I played uh, before college so yeah they lo- starting him off right they
1: mm-hmm. love it they've enjoyed it Jude thinks he's uh, our oldest son thinks he's uh he's awesome and he's not so it's uh I get Think home- he's Lionel Le- Porter yeah yeah he's like Lionel Messi he's he was like I should be in a league and I was like why he's like I'm really good and I was like no you're not yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's a good
1: time. Uh, uh okay. Before we get to the mid first five, you want you wanna talk about mid first real quick? Sure. Okay. Uh issue credit card. You can sign up, go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Uh you get a hundred and fifty dollar bonus, which is awesome. Uh might need that to replenish the Christmas fund after everybody uh, bought I the, do, I do their gifts. Uh burst our rewards options, you can earn points. And uh yeah, it's a cool offer that Midfirst had uh, Midfirst has. midfirstcom dot slash pistols firing. And Carson, let's jump into the mid first five. Uh before we do, New Year's Eve, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Oh yeah. Uh way overrated.
0: Absolutely. Wildly overrated. Wildly, Maybe the most overrated holiday of them all. Yeah, totally. Because you always have these grand plans and they never quite (laughs) – it's always a disappointing night, is it not? It's just something always goes wrong or it doesn't go – it never lives up to what you think it's going to be ever. No, never. Christmas does.
1: Yeah, totally. And, I mean, I've had a million – just not a million. I've had a ton of just random nights with friends that are way better than Christmas Eve – or, excuse me, than uh, New Year's Eve and and the yeah the allure is that New Year's Eve is going to be like the the best party and it's like ah uh, not not really it's just a more overpriced party
0: yeah no doubt. and i'm going home early this year so i'm an olds uh to the mid first five Kyle i was <laughs> watching the Oklahoma State Texas A&M game in a car outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium we were doing live, live shots for the OU uh, Peach Bowl <laughs> but i did watch i did watch most of the game um Started off great. I mean, they were up 14 nothing, and we are sitting there going, man, Mike Gundy really knows how to get his team ready to play in bowl games. He really gets his team to care. Yeah. And then the, the wheels just kind of fall, fell off, and there's a lot of ways to talk about it. But I think the most important thing is just the all of the curious decisions that were made from the head coach. I mean, the lack of carries for Chuba Hubbard. He gets less than 20. We can get into that. You can get into the Spencer Sanders coming in with an injured hand and running it on fourth down when the entire AM defense knows he's going to run it. And it was hurried, didn't call timeout. And then probably the most egregious for me is kicking fifty yard field goals in a bowl game when it's fourth and one. Yeah. Like you're in a bowl game. Like what what are you doing? Like this this is not bedlam where you're you're always scared to death. This is a bowl game where you have literally nothing to lose. I, I I thought the whole the summation for me of the whole game was total confusion from the head coach for me.
1: Yeah, I don't know about total confusion, but I agree on the on the long field goals on on fourth and one you're like you're the best back in the country and first of all if if you're gonna run like if you're bringing in sanders everybody knows you're running okay don't don't try to like out wisconsin a and m like that's who a and m wants to be that that's pretty clear like they don't like they want to line it up they they want to funnel everything to the middle of the field right which by Mm -hmm. the way a and m whatever like the I don't know. Like, OSU's not – I mean, they're fine. A&M's just like – they've got all these, like, recruiting – class, you know, Jimbo and all And they're like, I, I don't know. They're fine. Like, Kellen Mon's just not that good.
0: Well, they're not the best 7-5 team in the history of college football. No, no. Which is what we were led to believe with their quality losses. They're yeah. just – they're an average football team. I thought, I thought it was two average football teams yeah. going at it. I mean, <laughs> Kellen Mond didn't throw for 100 yards. And uh, OSU had their own issues. But, but I will say, Kyle, it did, it did look like, and Gundy said this afterwards, that a and kind of wore them down yeah. as the game went on. Yeah. Especially in the trenches, which, you know, we can, we can mock A&M for going to the SEC all we want, but their recruiting has improved in those areas since going there. So I uh, thought that sure. was a, pr- perhaps one of the biggest differences in the game, if not the.
1: But the, the enlightening thing, the interesting thing, Oklahoma State are the two fastest guys on the field. You know, Braden Johnson and, and, uh, and Shuba. I mean, start the game. You're like, holy cow. Like I had all these sec jokes just in the chamber. And then I had to just kind of, just kind of had to dump them in the press box. Like on my way. out. Oh, I
0: just, I just fired them off anyway. I didn't care. <laughs> they're more a and jokes, but just, I, I didn't care. I didn't care how the game played out. It was just funny. Uh,
1: so yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like the, the going, the, 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 play they ran with Sanders was, was super frustrating because it's like, okay, that's not that. That's not it. Like, don't don't try to line it up. That's the one thing that they clearly can do pretty well. And you're not going to do it better than them. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they're just, they're just limited with drew Brown back there, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody was kind of misled about like, Oh, Sand you know, they're going to kind of switch out. And I don't, was Sanders healthy? I mean, I, d- you can define a healthy however you want, I guess, but he, it just didn't seem like like there was a 0% chance that he was throwing it when he came in. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I missed, I guess the carry where he, his first carry where he shook his hand afterwards and they were checking on him. So maybe he was healthy and just happened to hit it again on his first carry of the game. I, I have no idea, but I'm with you. I thought we were totally misled. I thought at one point I was like, can we just, Throw Spencer Sanders in there and see what happens? Because the Drew Brown thing's not happening right now. And everyone yeah. just lit up my mentions that he was injured. Well, then he comes back in the game, does Spencer Sanders, and, and carries it again. So I, I have no idea what was happening. But you're right. The, the fact of the matter is OSU's offense, ever since Spencer Sanders and Tylen Wallace were injured, has been... Mostly useless besides the brilliance of, of Chuba Hubbard. That's which, which is which is which is which is expected. Yeah, yes, you're right. Totally. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a, a knock on Mike Gundy. I think I actually think Mike Gundy did a really good job to kind of piece this thing together to get to eight wins. I still think the season was a success. I just thought that just again, it just for me it goes back to Mike not being aggressive. And it's and it's a bowl game. We've seen him be aggressive in bowl games before. That's why I thought it was somewhat even more surprising than usual, because this is not Bedlam. This is not you know, TCU with a chance to, you know, improve your bet big 12 record, this is a game you're not favored in with your backup quarterback and no Tylen Wallace, just go for it, what do you, I just, I hated that.
1: Yeah, I think, so two things that are notable for me, and I, I wrote about both of these in my 10 thoughts afterward, is one, you're missing three of your like five best guys, right, you're missing Tylen. You're essentially missing Sanders and you're missing uh, Colby Harvell Peel, who's an all Big 12 player, borderline All American. So, like, you, I mean, take away Clemson's three best guys. You take away Florida's three best guys. You take away USC's three best guys, like, or, or three of their five best. They're just not, they're just, you, you, you can't operate the way you normally operate, which is sort of your point of like, without your best guys, you got to take some risks that maybe you don't normally take, you know, to, to hang with a team that's, you know, they're not great, but they're at least somewhat good and, and have some some bodies in, in Texas A&M. And then the second point, I mean, look, Carson, last six games, every game Oklahoma State's defense held its opponent to well below their season offensive scoring average coming into the game. So, like, OU, they held, like, ten points below their average. Um, Iowa State. They held like eight points below. A was averaging thirty coming in. They only scored twenty four. When you're getting that kind of production from your defense, I just thought the way they ended the year, those last six, basically six games since the Baylor game, it's pretty impressive. And all of a sudden, they have a lot coming back. You add Bundage, uh, you add maybe some of the red shirt guys like Jaden Jernigan, who are kind of on the fence guys, but got some run at the end of the year. And you're looking at, like, one of the better defenses, I think, in the Big 12, or, or what should be, as long as everybody's healthy and stays around. So I think that part of it is exciting for OSU.
0: Certainly. I mean, it's been a long, long time, maybe maybe ever, that OSU's been more optimistic on the offensive side, or, I mean, on the defensive side than the offensive, which that can still change. You know, if Tylen Wallace and Shuba Hubbard come back, I mean, then... And that's a moot point. But um, no, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Jim Knowles did a really good job. Um, it's just, it's just frustrating that when they finally get some productivity on the defensive side and some young talent, you can be excited about. There's just so many questions on the offensive end. It just seems like they can never quite get it, you know, back to complimentary on both sides. So that's that was frustrating for me. Uh, you ready for number two? Yep. Uh, Chuba Hubbard as I mentioned, had less than 20 carries. I think he had 19 for 156. Is that right, Kyle? If my memory serves me correct? Uh, yeah. Was, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, he was running at will. He had nine yards a, a carry at one point, and just they were not handing him the football. And I found myself wondering, Kyle, did they have a handshake agreement? Like, look, I'll play in the bowl game, but you're not going to give it to me 35 times. Like, that's, I still don't know if I'm going pro yet. I don't want to carry it that many times. And after the game, Mike Gundy... <laughs> Basically declares that Chuba's coming back, and they're excited to have him back. Basically assuming he's returning, which took me by total surprise that he would be that that uh, gun ho about it. I just thought that was, and we've seen this too before. Haven't we, Kyle, he he acted like Justice Hill was coming back. Did he not? I mean, I don't know. This. What, what was your take on his reaction to Chuba after the game?
1: Uh, I think it's part of like look, and, and this is sort of this is sort of my take on it is. You can go out and recruit some high school seniors. You can go out and recruit whoever your all of your recruiting resources should be poured into Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace. Like those are your most important recruits right now, right? And so, to me, that's part of their "quote unquote" recruiting process of Chuba Hubbard is whatever trying to leverage. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do, but I don't think that that stuff is based in like fact or like. Reality. I I think. I think it's just like something that's said at a at a presser that is like a thing that you hope comes true. Not like, oh yeah, like we talked about it the other day, and this is what's going to happen. I just. I don't know. I don't think that's how all that went down.
0: No, but at the same time, and this took me by surprise. uh, Marvin Wilson from Florida State, by everyone's account, is a top three defensive tackle in this year's draft. He's coming back to Florida State, along with one of their best receivers. So it's not it's not crazy to say Chuba would come back. If that guy's coming back, like he's a higher rated draft pick than Chuba Hubbard is. So it's certainly not out of the question. I just I don't know. I, I never got the sense Chuba would be sticking around. And it's certainly different too, Kyle, with running backs. Like there's just there's a shelf life there that there just isn't at other positions. So I again I would be surprised if he came back, but I, I certainly um I'm not as in total denial as I am after watching Marvin Wilson say he's coming back that that still stuns me that he would do that but
1: what's your what's your official prediction on on Tylan and Shuba uh, December 31 2019
0: I say both go and and again for very different reasons I think what more can Shuba do at OSU he's ran for the 18th best you know yardage in the history of the sport I mean he's put everything on tape he, he can do I mean unless he just loves school and loves Stillwater, and you know maybe has a girlfriend on campus. I don't know, but I think he's gone. And I think would it serve Tylan Wallace better to come back in terms of the pecking order of the NFL draft with wide receivers? I do. But I, I can't get over the fact that his twin brother had to retire with knee injuries. Yeah. He's, one, he's one more away from being on that doorstep himself. Yeah, uh, You know, he does it once, that's fine. But if he does it again, well, then, then the questions are, are you going to tear it again just like your brother did? I, I just think that he needs to go play football or he, he probably prefers to go play football and make money to do it. And, and look, he's put on plenty on tape to prove that he's a, a high caliber NFL draft pick. And I think a great example is Ryan Broyles. Ryan Broyles tore his ACL. Ryan Broyles was a second round draft pick. Now, Ryan Broyles was like the most productive wide receiver we'd ever seen. I think he broke the record for receiving yards when he was in college. But I think Tyler Wallace translates to the NFL even better than, than Ryan Broyles does. So there is precedence here.
1: Uh, I, I'm i going to say Chuba leaves and Tylan comes back. I, I, have, I, I have no idea. Like I'm just making stuff up. But that's my official prediction. Uh, I was looking back, Carson, on uh, predictions from – so I did five predictions to start 2019 because I was doing them again today for 2020. And I was looking back. Can I give you my five for 20, to start 2019 real quick? <laughs> sure. Actually, you know what? Let's, I'll save this for my one interesting thing.
0: Okay. Now that's a tease. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's done. Okay. Right we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, number, th- number three in the mid first five, and I think this is what a lot of people want are discussing and want to hear about, is just kind of the state of the Oklahoma State program. I know you wrote a, an article on PFB about how excited Gundy is for 2020. Uh, friend of the pod, Adam Lund is trumpeting how much talent they have on the roster coming back for 2020. If people return, you know, obviously Chuba and Taiwan are still very much in question. Uh, what's your idea on the state of the program? I can I can give you mine because I was talking about it with a lot of people down in Atlanta, but I want you to go first.
1: Well, there, there's a lot going on here because I mean I just got done hollering about how good the defense is. That's going to add bondage and and uh, presumably. And basically lose, who do they lose, Mike Scott and A.J. Green? Okay, you know, you need a corner, I guess. But it was a good defense in the second half, and so that's exciting. But then offensively, I mean, it's crazy, Carson. We are just talking about this, about about Chuba and Thailand. The difference in how I view next season as a whole for Oklahoma State, if they come back versus if they leave, is – is unbelievable because if they come back all of a sudden, is there a better like big three, so to speak in the big 12 at quarterback receiver and running back? I don't know that there is, Um, you know, Chuba's the best back Tylen's the best receiver. I mean, pending the injury thing and Sanders is, I don't know the fourth best quarterback or whatever. And so you look at that trio and you're like, wow, that's, I mean, that's, the real deal, and so, but then if they don't, you're like, okay, well, you got LD Brown, and you got uh, you know, is Braden Johnson your number one guy? I don't know. I, I, I agree with Lunt, um, in terms of like they've got some talent coming back, but so much of it for me rests on what Shuba and Thailand do, and that's why, like I said earlier, you got to be pouring all of your recruiting resources into those two. Uh, I mean, I would pull every player that's ever come back and improve their draft status by X number and how many dollars they made. I mean, everybody <laughs> in the freaking athletic department should be working on that because uh, that's a the, the difference between those two guys and your next two is a is a pretty big gap.
0: Russell Okun comes to mind, doesn't he? Didn't he come back and make himself a ton of money? Yeah, I think he was like what a top ten pick. Uh, yeah, uh, so, I'm sure yeah, they got. I'm sure they was. got that. I'm sure they have that drafted up. Um, I'm sure there's other examples. I can't think off the top of my head. But but no, you're right. And, and one of the most disappointing things the entire season for me was how excited we got about Sean Gleason and all the the intricacies he could bring to this offense, specifically in the red zone. And just their offense was non-existent. I don't even know what their offense is. And it basically came down to the individual brilliance of Chuba Hubbard and Tywin Wallace. That was their offense. Uh, they their defense played so well for them to win those games down the stretch. Really, they they overcame their offensive woes with injuries and frankly just terrible coaching in my mind on on the offensive side. But for me, Kyle, the questions are much bigger than just will Tyron and Chuba come back. For me, it's just where, where's this going with Mike Gundy? I mean, I I get he has the the one year rollover lifetime contract. I'm not saying he's going anywhere. I'm not suggesting he should. I just I wonder why a coach who makes $5 million is ranked 41st in recruiting. I just, all you gotta do is look at the college football playoff. Like, recruiting absolutely matters. And, I don't know. To me, you brought up several weeks ago the comparison that one of our readers made that OSU is actually Iowa. I'm ready to take it a step further. I think Mike Gundy's Kirk Ferentz Mm. 2.0. I mean, a guy who's been, Kirk Ferentz has been at his alma mater for 20 years. Gundy's been at his 15. Uh, It just appears that to me, the days of OSU threatening to win the Big 12 are close to being over, or they've been over. I just I don't know if they're coming back. I guess is what I'm trying to say, because they just they don't recruit well enough. And if you don't have a first, second, third round pick at quarterback, and maybe Spencer Sanders will prove to be that, you're just not good enough. And Iowa basically wins seven, eight games. They're a good team. Uh, they make bowl games just like OSU and. The benefit Iowa has is they have an imbalanced conference schedule where they don't play the big boys in certain years to where they can get to 10 wins much easier than Oklahoma State can. OSU and Mike Gunny don't have that luxury. And right now they're ranked behind TCU, Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia in recruiting before I even get to OU in Texas. And look, I know every class is different. You can say, well, they recruited more offensive linemen this year. They've been in the 30s and 40s for four, five, six years now. That's, the, that's the, my, main, my main issue, I guess, is my main point here is the recruiting's getting worse despite all of the success that they've had. And why is that? Well, it appears to me that Mike Gunny just doesn't want to put up with it, doesn't want to wait at the 11th hour for a big time recruit. And how many times has he pulled offers from kids who take up their visits? That shows you right there that he's just ready to move on down the road, get his guys in early and less fuss the better. And I, I just think, Oh, she deserves more than that. I really do. And I'm not the only one saying that now, Kyle. I think there's people up in Stillwater that feel the exact same way I do.
1: That's interesting. You mean people like within the athletic department or what?
0: Uh, maybe, 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 uh, other people too. I don't know. I want to <laughs> be more vague than that.
1: Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, uh I don't know. I mean, do we have 6 hours to to, to like b- b- talk about this? I mean, look, like <laughs> here's the funny thing. Like none of this matters ultimately in life, right? <laughs> but it's so freaking fun to talk about and to try to figure out. I was thinking about that the I was thinking about that during the when I was watching Ohio State Clemson and OU LSU. I was like, "What what do we like this is all so just just nonsense, but it's so fun." to try and solve and figure out. And I don't know. I, I just, I enjoy all of it a lot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I was a little bit swayed during the, uh, the, 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 semifinal games to the side that just, that argues like he, like basically it's whether you have an elite quarterback or not. Like that's all it comes down to. um, now I th- I think what Alabama has proven is that you can be good without an elite quarterback but you have to, you have to have like top 5 classes which is just a non-starter for Oklahoma State like that just will never ever ever happen period whether Gundy's there or not and so I think the thing for me that that kind of bothers me is they should be the 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 recruit, like the class rankings and whatever, like once you, I don't know when you're, is there a difference between being 38th and 33rd? I don't know. Maybe there is a difference between like having, um, difference makers, like, like trace forwards, right? Like they need another trace forward or two a year. And I think that that's the part that it's like, man, the thing that bugs me is that like it's the and we talked about this after the OU game it's the easiest thing to solve Gundy's done all the hard stuff like all the infrastructure and the systems like that's the freaking hard stuff like that takes years and it takes trust and it takes a ton of different things the easy part is putting in the time and effort in recruiting like that's what it's just it takes time and it takes effort and I think they're unwilling to put enough of those things in to get a couple more guys a year that can make a difference but again going back to the the quarterback thing i i mean i i think i think sanders is going to be really good and illingworth after him you know i think you could be on a run now of like four or five years of really good quarterback play to where maybe it buries the the recruiting narrative for for another few years i i don't know what do you think about the the quarterback thing
0: It certainly might. I mean, if Spencer Sanders turns into, you know, Russell Wilson light, you know, a a top three, four, four round pick and quarterback, well then, yeah, you can, you can challenge for the big 12. I just, I question whether they can around him, do they have enough talent everywhere else? I mean, I know their defense looks like it's got a lot coming back, Kyle, and they, they played really well last year, but are we ready to say that OSU is going to win the big 12 because of their defense? I'm certainly not. No. I mean, they got lit on fire by Baylor, and Baylor's offense is is efficient, but not outstanding. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, again, it, for me, it, obviously they think they have their quarterback in Spencer Sanders. Uh, to me, he did not prove that he is Mason Rudolph or the next great NFL quarterback from OSU. I think he has a lot, a long ways to go before he does that. I mean, Kyle, this, this same quarterback, they had to stop running the no huddle. They had to, like, huddle up for him, get him ready, and... They really had to kind of usher him along toward the end of the year to slow things down for him. So, and it was his first year starting. So I'm, a, I'm by no means giving up on Spencer Sanders. I just my problem is you're paying a coach five million dollars and he recruits like he makes one million dollars. And that, to me, and people can think I'm being too critical of Mike, and that's that's fine if you do. But I just when you make five million dollars, much is expected of that. That's top ten money. That's top what? Top fifteen money, Kyle, or top ten? Something like that. Yeah, It's like a lot. It's a lot to be be ranked behind Kansas in recruiting, and and again, I, and the frustrating thing for me, Kyle, is when I, I covered that 2011 team. Every single I was at almost every single game, except for maybe like two. And that team absolutely deserved like they were the best team in the Big Twelve. Now a lot of that depends on your competition. I understand that, but I haven't felt close to that really since 2013. That OSU had a right to or a had the chance or was the best team in the Big 12 and to me it's it's getting further and further and further away from that and I have to look for reasons and the reasons I'm looking at are they're 41st in recruiting behind Kansas West Virginia Iowa State list goes on and you know Gundy won these 10 games for so many years I mean how much of that was this Big 12 that we're watching now I mean Iowa State's been down forever Baylor was down forever till Art Briles got there now they're on the up you know, these teams around him are getting, getting better, not worse. I don't know. I just, to me, the, the outlook for Oklahoma state football to me looks drastically different. I think this off season than it has really in quite some time barring, you know, obviously when they lost, you know, uh, all their quarterbacks in 2014, like that's, that's, that's all. when you completely start over at quarterback, <laughs> you're deserved to reprieve a little bit, but do you get what I'm trying to say here?
1: Yeah. I, the, the money thing, I, I don't know. Like, so part of me, sometimes you and I get too close to this, right? Like we're in it every day, and we're like, we pay attention to everything. I think Mike Gundy gets paid five million dollars a year, or it's about to be five point two five, to make OSU a bunch of money, which he's doing, right? Like they're selling a ton of tickets, they have good teams, they travel to bowl games. Like I don't know that your average fan cares about like what they're ranked on the two, four, seven composite team rankings, you know? And so, and so if Gundy's argument is like, look, I can, I can win you 10 games and this is how I'm going to do it. Then I, I mean, who cares how he recruits, you know, like I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't know that I don't think he's paid to recruit. Well, does that make sense? Sure. But you keep winning seven games, eight games,
0: and not 10. And it's partly it's the beast that Mike Gundy built himself. You, you lose the benefit of the doubt when you're not winning 10 games. And you know who does care about his composite rankings? Mike Holder. Yeah. You know where he said that? Right here. I know. I mean.
1: But that's. Okay. But this is the. This is like the whole point is like. Because everybody's like. Oh well they should get rid of. Gun- like get get out of here. Like first of all. It will never happen. Second of all. It'd be really dumb. It's not a. It's. They're making so much money. Like they're, do, they're, they're so financially successful that the, like taking on the risk of bringing in like a new coach plus having to pay off Gundy's whatever. <laughs> like that is that's it's just all nonsense. And so people just like say things and it's like, well, you don't, you don't live in reality. The part for me is like if I am somebody's boss and they are doing a ton of things really well, but there's one area that they really need to work on. Like, I'm going to like push in that area to make them and the organization and everything and and, and the whole thing better, right? Like if Marshall is like really good at everything, but he's uh, terrible with like punctuation or something, I I don't know. He's not, he's, he's great at punctuation, but if he is, I'm going to like talk to him and coach him and like, like try to push him along to make him better at punctuation so that the, the product as a whole is better. That's the part where I'm like, just press in this area, funnel money in, hire more people, give Gundy a pep talk every day. I don't, whatever, and make it happen. Like, you, I just, I don't know. Like, they don't need to blow the whole thing up. They just need to improve a lot in an area where they can improve. Sure, and I agree with that.
0: And my my last
1: note on this is
0: Mike Gundy acts like he has to sell catch up to a woman in white gloves. I know. This this annoys me. And and I actually heard this point on the radio. I don't give him credit. Uh, Sam Mays on 107.7 the franchise. I know I know some people think Sam's just like this OSU hater, but no one wants to see OSU Im- improve and win at the level that you and I are talking about more than him. He played there. He has a different level of pride in that program than you and I do. And he one I must have missed his initial discussion of the game, but he was just very casually and calmly talking about how great of a place Stillwater is, how great of a college town that is, and how many great people are there. And I would add to that, that you walk around OSU's campus, they're they're a freaking athletic juggernaut when it comes to facilities. You have so much to recruit to in Stillwater. It is not a metroplex, I grant you. But how many people have visited Stillwater and left saying, you know what, that town's not for me. Less than the ones that say, that place is awesome, I want to go to school there. And so I, I just feel like he has a great product to... Sell, and he acts like he doesn't. He acts like he's in the outskirts of Pullman, Washington. You know, he acts like he's in Corvallis, Oregon. He's not. Like, Stillwater is a great place to go to school. You and I went there. That's all I'll say. He has a great product to sell. He makes a ton of money to go sell it. And to me, he's falling well short of those expectations. And look, he's won 10 games six out of nine years. So he can he can throw that record in my face, and I will readily say. Mike Gunny's a great coach. I don't want to get rid of him. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is, man, you're just leaving money on the on the table here. You're just there's so much more you could do. And it just it appears to me that he's kind of set in his ways and doesn't want to put forth the work. That's just that's frustrating for someone who went to school there and, and covers the team because Oklahoma's taking me to big time bowl games. I, I'd love for OSU to take me back to the Fiesta Bowl. You know, I I get benefit out of OSU being great too. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm being selfish here, but I don't know. I just, those are my thoughts on the state of the program and where things are heading.
1: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the quote I went back to during Ohio state Clemson, as I watched that, I went back and found it because I just wanted to read it and get frustrated again. He said this in 2015. He said, we went 10, I've read this on here probably 10 times now. He said, we win 10 or 12 games and we can get in on these five-star guys. We would get in a little bit, but we didn't finish. So, right, wrong, or indifferent, we've gone right back to know your area, find out who's out there. This is what we're looking for to fit our system. Do they like to play football? Do they have respect for themselves, which gives them a chance to be successful? Do they fit what we're looking for? Do we believe in them? If so, we're going to go for them. I get what he's saying, but, man, can you imagine uh, Dabo saying that or (laughs) uh, Nick Saban saying that or – uh, Lincoln Riley saying that <laughs> no those
0: guys are willing to play the game it just to me it doesn't seem like Mike is and and I think he's been burned in the past you go back to Parrish Cox getting suspended before the bowl game Parrish Cox was a highly rated recruit he turned into a head case or, and a, a problem for Mike he's left at the doorstep from other higher ranked recruits and that, that illustrates that quote he's saying he's saying you know what I'm tired of dealing with that crap I'm gonna go get guys that are good kids who don't like to talk? That's his favorite type of recruit, and it's done him very well. I'm not saying it hasn't. It's just, man, you just you've limited your ceiling, and now we're seeing we're seeing that ceiling is lowering. I guess is my overall opinion of the program. the The, the ceiling appears to be lowering, not 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 raising. Despite like, where are the dividends from all of this winning that
1: he's done? Yeah, it appears I, to me he's not cashing those in at all. I go back to the Clemson thing a lot because, <clears throat> I mean. You know, Dabo's a freaking receivers coach at Clemson 10 years ago.
0: Another college town, Clemson. (laughs) Another town viewed as a Stillwater, essentially. South Carolina is a very similar state to Oklahoma. Two major cities, very rural areas.
1: Yeah, and, like, look, I get it. Like, Clemson's got a better legacy than Oklahoma State, but it's not like they're Michigan or, you know— bama or anything like they're not even like auburn i mean they're not they're not a blue blood yeah they're they're, not. They, they've they've had a very like bumpy 30 years since they won the title in the early 80s and daba went there and was like you know what screw it we can be the best team in the country and now they are and i think it i think like, i think it takes a very unique like particular sort of self-confidence to go out and just sell the hell out of your program like that and you know, props to them because he did it. And, look, maybe maybe five years from now, like, it comes out, they were just paying everybody. I, I have no idea. I, I don't – I'm not, <laughs> like – I'm not close to the their deal, their stuff. But, man, every time I hear him talk, he's – I mean, it's like Mike Boynton, right? You hear him mm-hmm. talk, and you're like, I want to be around that. Like, I want, I'm in, you know? And Bring I, your own guts. And I just – it's so good. I mean, I, I'm a little – probably too wound up in it, especially after watching them against Ohio state. And I was just, he's like fist. Pump. I mean, I, and that's one of my takeaways Carson from the, the semis, all these, all these, um, like all four coaches, they get fired up. I yeah. mean, Riley's Heck fired yeah. up. Uh, Ryan days running up and down the city. Se- you know, I love that. Like this, it's we're, we're not like, you know, in parliament here, like we're, it's a college football <laughs> game. And so, I just I want Gundy to go out and and when's the last time you got fired up about something he said? You know what it was for me after Bedlam uh, 2017, that that heavyweight just title fight against Mayfield in Stillwater, they put up 114 combined, and Gundy's like, you know what, we're gonna be awesome, and you know what, I haven't heard that since, Mm. and and that's the part for me that it's like, man, just sell it, like just go out and sell it
0: that's the deal right because you you look at around the campus every other coach is killing it selling the hell out of their program not just mike boynton john smith just had the number one ranked recruiting class in in wrestling he's not resting on his laurels he's not saying look how many 10 win seasons i have from a few years ago he's going out and working his ass off on the recruiting trail and just you look at every other coach it appears that's what they're doing and just and again mike has his system it's worked that that goes without saying. Yeah. But I I love the point you there. The Dabo Swinney comparisons and Clemson, they sound just totally ludicrous on the surface. But when you start comparing the schools and and their set their setups, it, they're not that far.
1: They're 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 off, but they're not that far off. Clemson went like four and nine into in like 2010 or something. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like I talked you over to my side on this, not just quarterbacks. <laughs>
0: Well, Spencer I go, Sanders isn't going to lead them to Dabo? Is that well, what
1: you're telling me? I'm kind of all over the place with this, stuff. I mean, part of it for me is, like, this crystallized after – and we're, we've we been on point number three for, like, 30 minutes now. Whatever. I don't care. That's okay. The other two don't matter. We – we uh, this crystallized for me after watching OU-LSU. You want to get in the playoff if you're in the Big 12? Guess what? You're not named OU. You got to win – you got to go 13-0. <laughs> yeah. Because – if you're if you're Kansas State, if you're Iowa State, LOL, if you're whoever, Oklahoma, if you're Oklahoma State, you go 12 and one, even if you win the big the, the conference title, you're not getting in, Mm-mm. you know. And so it, it, that part is frustrating because you, you know how much luck it takes to go 13 and 0? I mean, think about how good that 11 team was and they went 11 and one you know, 12, 12 and one after Stanford, but, um, Big 12 team hadn't gone undefeated since 2009. Yeah. Versus. It's, 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 it's so difficult. And they are not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And that doesn't mean like a Pac 12 teams getting in. They're just going to start putting big 10 and, and SEC teams in. Right. Like those are, maybe, the, that's, maybe that's why Gundy's not trying and recruiting. The, <laughs> those are the teams that are going to get the benefit of the doubt. And that's OU's fault. But You know they they go to these games and they're just not as I mean LSU is just a lot better and their quarterback plays better too I I think that is is an important point there but uh, yeah if you you think if you're yeah barely if you're Oklahoma State your path to to the uh, to the national championship is uh, it's it's as bleak as it's been in a long time
0: yep no doubt uh do you want to move on or you want to keep going. Uh, no, we should move on. <laughs> well, we're staying within the Gundy family on number four. Uh, I missed this cause I was out of town. Gunnar Gundy's walking onto OSU and he's sitting out a year. He's red shirting as like a high school senior.
1: Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, uh, gap year or something. This is, this is not good, Kyle. Well, what does it mean? Like, I don't get, I don't like what do you he's why,
0: obviously trying to separate his eligibility from Illingworth Illingworth I guess yeah I don't know it just I don't know it's a weird deal to me it just sets up as just one of those father-son nepotism situations that you just try to avoid that never <laughs> seem to end well
1: so is is he like their 2021 like quarterback recruit
0: I don't think so I think he's just a walk-on they have three of those on campus right now
1: well but it. No, but what I'm saying is like, so they recruit. So they've got a uh, Costello for for 19, Illingworth for 20, and they haven't like the, Like the next class, would he be the the like? Would he slot into that quarterback recruit position?
0: As a walk on, sure, but they better sign someone to well, a scholarship that, that has four stars next to his but name.
1: that's what I'm that's what I'm asking you. Like, do you think they, no? That do, that can't be. Do you think they still will?
0: No, no, no. Like, yes, I think they will re- recruit a quarterback. Because, look, <laughs> look, Gunnar Gundy was a great high school player. He didn't even have, like, A-star or any offers, I don't think. So, God love him. He's a member of the family. But he's not good enough to play at Oklahoma State. Well, then why is he delaying it a year? Because he thinks he is. And I have no problem with that. Uh, maybe, Maybe his father said he's good enough to play. Maybe that's what happened, but that might be the end of this podcast. If that happens, I
1: can't, I can't wait until they, they just don't even recruit a 21 like a 2021 quarterback. <laughs> oh man. That,
0: that would like, I can just see it in the future. Like this the courtroom of an, uh, the first, the biggest class action lawsuit against state nepotism in the history of Oklahoma like OSU fans filing a grievance with Mike Gundy for starting his son at quarterback <laughs> <laughs> over would it be like, like
1: Shane Illingworth. Who used to be, who used to do the courtroom thing on ESPN? Was it Mark May and Lou Holtz?
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. It would
1: be like that, but with me and you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a, it's a weird
0: deal, isn't it? But to me, it sets up like Mike's told him, Hey, if you delay it a year, you can, you can come, you can come play when Illingworth's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, what's the matter to me? I got a lifetime contract. I'll have, I'll have a year left on my deal.
1: I'm I'm ready for that. Uh, so there will be a press release on Friday, January 2, because they have to decide within seven days whether to tack on another year to his contract. Mm-hmm. And they will. And uh, people will freak out. Oh, shouldn't roll it over. Make him earn it. Make him prove it. Take away his raise from last year. He gets he gets a bug twenty five every year just just extra just tack it on, man. It's it's not bad.
0: Yeah, it's a great gig. I mean, he he deserves it. Don't get me... Yeah, for all the negatives I've brought up, and people listening know that what we think about Mike Gundy, right? Like, he's done an unbelievable job, and it, it, things can get far worse if he were to leave and they hire someone that you know flames out. But anyway, we're just trying to light a fire under Mike Gundy.
1: I hope he listens to this.
0: Maybe Gunner does. Sorry, Gunner, but, <laughs>
1: but I, I want to see if Shane gu- Illingworth as well. if Gunner's listening. Uh, one great great season, by the way. Stillwater. That was, a, that was unbelievable. A, that was cool. And two, take the part from like t- twelve minutes ago. Just clip like the five minutes where Carson and I were yelling, and just give it to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> or
0: don't please don't give it to your dad or put it put it on a loop in your locker that'd be like good motivation wouldn't it like <laughs> baker mayfield how he keeps those names on the locker that'd be good motivation uh, but no look like i think we all expected him to walk on right just to me the curious thing is the delaying it a year that that's wild to me <laughs> i yeah. just i don't understand it and I'm i'm grasping for reasons to understand it
1: yeah no, so. I I agree. Okay, uh, let's move on. Yeah, number five. number five, all decade team. Can we do this off the top of our head? I we didn't we didn't prepare one. Um, really good. You know, we talk about Mike Gundy preparing for games. Uh, us preparing for podcasts <laughs> <laughs> might not be top shelf right now. Can we do it off the top of our head? I think so. I think so too. We don't have to quarterback. Well, we don't have to do like a we don't have to do like left tackles and stuff, do we? No. Okay. Uh, Whedon. Yes. Running back. Uh, can I, can I go, uh, can I go Joe Randall and Chuba? Mm, I'll allow it. Okay. I was kind of surprised to hear you say Randall. He was going to be,
0: you put out a tweet asking for most underrated players who wouldn't be on the list. I I was going to say Joe Randall. So he's kind of behind the, the Kendall Hunter. Kendall Hunter counts, right? He played in
1: 2010 yeah now that I say it justice justice is in there too Ugh, that's tough yeah justice had a great career
0: I just Randall to me is gonna go down as one of the most underrated players in school history yeah I mean, for he sure. was so good he was he really was the lifeblood of the that twenty eleven twenty twelve stretch yeah. twenty ten i mean yeah he was just awesome yeah he, um, he was
1: there he was i mean Blackman got all the accolades, but when they like I mean when they needed stuff, they went to him a lot.
0: Mhm. He was great. Uh wide receiver
1: Blackman and who else? Uh Blackman and it's got to be uh James Washington, right? Yeah, I guess Dez doesn't qualify. No, Dez was gone in in 10. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty easy. They both won Blitnikoff's. That's pre- <laughs> that's pretty easy. Uh, tight end slash cowboy back <laughs> they don't throw to. Johnny uh, Woods. Is, he on the t- is Johnny Woods still on the team? <laughs> Did I miss that when I was in Jamaica? Does he still play football?
1: Uh, I don't think he can fit in the portal. So I think, yes, he's still on the team. Gotta be tight end. Jarwin? Yeah. They, that's... Didn't, they, didn't th- they didn't throw him
0: the ball, but he's playing in the NFL still.
1: Who was the, uh, yeah, they. That kind of sums it up, right? Yeah, right. Who was the who was? They didn't have a cowboy back on the, on the eleven team. Um, this is great radio, by the way. Yeah,
0: that's we can probably go with Jarwin.
1: Yeah, Trace Tracy. You could put Tracy Moore there, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, he started out as a I think he was like a tight end in high school, maybe. I think he's a receiver, but he was a big guy. I'm going Jarwin. Okay. Jarwin. Caught a touchdown in the Alabama Bowl. Uh, I think that's the only one I remember. <laughs> uh, defensive end. I'm going Jamie Blatnick.
1: Yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. He was an absolute terror off the or edge. J- Marcel Aitman could be a tight end.
0: <laughs> well, if we're making our own team. If this was NCAA. We just sub him in at tight end, <laughs> wouldn't we?
1: Uh, yeah. Blatnick. Had, had de- uh, are we going two defensive ends? Yeah, we should. Um. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah.
0: Duh. Yeah. Ogba. Uh, defen- <laughs> How does Ogba? Say- <laughs> um. Defensive tackle. Uh. Vincent Taylor. He was so good. Yeah. Still playing in the NFL. Yeah. First guy that came to my mind was James Castleman. Okay. But does he have the accolades to back that up?
1: Yeah. All decade team. Yeah. The. Uh... Well, Rash- Rashetti was on uh, the eleven team. He's defensive end. Yeah, but we didn't. Cons- we didn't. Uh, it could just be D
0: lineman, I guess.
1: Yeah, we're just we're just making this all up as we go. This is pretty impressive off the top of our heads, though. Yeah, I will say. Uh, Ori Lemon had one hundred and thirty three tackles in twenty ten. By the way, he did. Yeah. Whoa. J- uh, Rochetti had, uh, Ugo Chinasso is really good too. That, that was like 10, 11 defenses were like, those are some pros. Yeah. Ugo Chinasa was good. Some professionals. Um, mm. so we went, we went to who, Vincent Taylor and, and Castleman.
0: Yeah. I'm not entirely sure it should be Castleman. Castleman though.
1: feels a little shaky.
0: Yeah. We just remember the check engine light. Calvin Barnett.
1: Know? Remember him?
0: Ooh, that might, I'll go Calvin Barnett. I like that.
1: He was awesome. Um, Linebacker? Yeah, Manuel Agba had 12 and a half sacks in 2015. That's f- filthy. Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, I, well, in honor of Gundy, I got to go with Ori Lemon, no? Yeah,
0: I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, Sean Lewis, anyone? Yeah, Sean Lewis was great. He needs to be on there, right? The, the 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 well, this is hard because you start getting into like the um like who's what's a linebacker, what's a safety, all that stuff. Cuz you talking got, about who? Huh? Well, you've got like uh like Jordan Stearns, right? Yeah, safety. Well, but like you could kind of play him a linebacker. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, you can't. He's a safety. Okay. Come on. Now. Okay. Okay. okay.
0: We can't make this up on the fly.
1: Well, we are, that's that's literally what we're doing is making this up on the fly. <laughs> well, he got a linebacker. Ori Lemon? Uh yeah. Yeah, Sean Sean Lewis. Yeah, I think that I think that works. I'm like I'm like looking at all the I Mean Sean
0: players. Lewis was like first team all Big 12. I mean Lemon
1: Ori Lemon had 133 tackles in 2010. Did I already say that? I think I did.
0: Yes, you did. It's okay. crazy. Okay. Maybe that's why Gunny still talks about him. Did you see that picture of him at the bowl bowl game? He should have captioned it, my all-time favorite player,
1: me and Ori Lemon. I did not see it. Oh, it was great. Uh, Ryan Simmons was really good, too. Ryan Simmons was good. Uh, Okay, so corner and safety are, are hard. They're, like, legit difficult.
0: Well corner Justin Gilbert top five pick in the draft okay. all everything all right. American
1: all everything right but but who's the other corner
0: um I think you got to go Kevin Peterson don't you
1: yeah I guess i mean, Roderick Brown Broderick
0: Brown was a first team all American I think
1: yeah he had five he picks. was definitely first
0: team all big 12 he
1: had five picks but like... how
0: much of that was like your team's ranked third in the country and we yeah. got to put guys on the team if I'm going pure player I think I would go with Peterson over Broderick, as much as uh, stud as he was. Man,
1: that that 13 defense was just a joke. Mm Mm-hmm. It was was so good. Gilbert had seven picks that year. Caleb Levy Levy had uh, four picks.
0: Yeah. He was everywhere.
1: That's wild. Uh, I think corner safety is pretty easy.
0: Uh, I go Gilbert, Kevin Peterson. Markell. Markell.
1: And Jordan Stearns,
0: yep, yeah, I think that's hard to argue. No Ramon Richards, I'm sure we're <laughs> no Ramon. He'd be the he'd be the comedian on the team. Uh, we, we that's a pretty good list. It
1: is a good list, especially like, our heads. just yeah, just doing this on the fly. I wonder if there's somebody from like I wonder if we look back and we're like. Uh, uh, yeah, Colby Peel should be on that. Colby Harvell Peel should be on that team. But, like, we would have to do it, like, five years from now. Yeah. You know, because, like, his, his career's not done. I don't know. Do you think there's anybody like that on the last couple teams? Tyron? <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, like, I'm, sure there's, like, uh, I'm sure there's a
1: few. Trey Flowers?
0: Uh, Trace Ford, I think, is the guy we're going to be talking about. That guy's going to play on Sundays. Yeah, Trey Flowers is pretty good, by the way. Trey Flowers is everywhere in Seahawks. He's awesome. Yeah, maybe Trey Flowers needs to be on this list. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, the NFL can kind of skew it. Like that's why Jarwin's on the team. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but no, that's a pretty good list. Uh, that'll round out our our mid first five. You ready to do uh, unis?
1: Yeah, let's do unis. Let's uh, let's talk about Chris's. This week's uni, uh, uni review is brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cow- your one stop cowboy shop on campus corner. And be sure to shop online at Chris universityspirit.com. com. Carson, what were your? Uh, I keep wanting to call it the Alamo Bowl. What were your Texas Bowl uniform thoughts?
0: Uh, that they looked like the helmet game is just so good, off the charts. The the stripe is just perfection. Like it's it's perfect, and the all white and indoors on turf just looked Oregon ish to me they just look like a they just look faster than AM did just because they're rocking the all-whites like Braden Johnson looked like Tyreek out there in the all-whites so I I thought it was a great look and props to you I think you and Justin both picked all-white I, I had a bad year picking I think
1: uh, you were you were dive bombing in from Jamaica and you know it was, <laughs> it, was it was tough <laughs> tough scene yeah I did I do think I overtook you on the final final game it hurts but we just got race by southwell though i he has intel
0: (laughs) i think i think he uh has a few burner accounts that are associated with the equipment staff
1: uh uh, yeah it was it was phenomenal uh sneaky uni heisman to patrick mccoffman really i didn't notice him well he did yeah because he didn't play But Uh, I I saw I saw him on the sidelines and he's got the uh, he's got kind of the AJ Green look where it looks like he's wearing like nine socks. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're like up to his knees. I kind of like that, especially on a tall guy. It makes you look like you're like 11 feet tall. Like Jelani.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, how about how about Mike Scott with I think he upped the wristband count to 73 (laughs) on his arms. Did you see that? Like, how many times did he have to go to, like, Justin Williams from the equipment staff? Like, hey, man, can, can I get a few more wristbands? And he's like, again? How many of these things do you need? Well, I got I got 66 on me. I need 73. Okay, here you go. <laughs> That's what it looked
1: like. It's like rings on a tree. You know, like, you can tell, yeah. like, how how many games it's been based on how many... <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like the uh, the Buckeye stickers on the helmets for Ohio State.
1: How good was that game, by the way?
0: Oh my God, I couldn't handle it. It was great too because I had just gotten back from the ho- to the hotel from the massacre that was the Peach Bowl, and it was good to have a good football game. And I, I could, Ohio State will be kicking themselves forever on that game. They should have won that one.
1: Yeah, they should have. It was uh, it felt like a title game, and. You know Clint Shelf pointed this out on Twitter. I I said that on Twitter. I said this feels like a title game, and it did. And he said, "Yeah, it does." But it speaks to like how sick college football is right now that it's not a title game, you know? Yeah. And that there's another one of these, and it it also is going to be awesome. So.
0: And how LSU is going to win by like twenty?
1: And and what?
0: And how LSU is going to win by like twenty? in you The actual so? title game, dude. That game's in New Orleans. Yeah, Joe Burrow is like Montana and Brady and Mayfield combined, based on what I saw.
1: The throws, I, I can't, he, the I can't, throws he was making—I
0: can't even explain how accurate he is. I, I
1: don't—I don't understand. Like, I—I I think it didn't come through on TV. Like how—and I say that having watched it on TV—like how precise he was. Yeah, I don't
0: think it did either, but in person it did, and because I was in one of the end zones. And this is kind of stepping on my one interesting thing, but it was there were throws when he when he would throw it and it's in the air and you look down at the coverage, you're just like, what did he see there? And mainly he has three NFL wide receivers, only two that can just go get it, but he would just drop it in the perfect spot every single time. And you know, Mark Rogers from the Sports Animal picked OU to win. I I picked it a close game, so I'm not calling him out on that he said he picked it he picked you to win and when he got off the air he watched burrow warm up and was like texting people like uh-oh like i've never seen that like his warm-up was just i didn't watch it but apparently it was just stupid just where he was putting the ball the whole time
1: man that's crazy
0: and that 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 team right there's 2011
1: osu yeah i know that's what they are i know yeah, because people are like, "Oh, well, their defense is slip." It's like, yeah, because they're they've, they're seventeen possessions a game because they score all the time. <laughs> they scored forty nine in the first half. Yeah, like you, of course. Yeah, you're gonna give up like twenty five. Sure, like you just, it's gonna happen. So, uh, okay, well, let's get to one interesting thing, but um, we need to hear one more time from Mid First Bank. Bank with a winner, just like LSU, fourteen and L. JD, J.D. Power, highest satisfaction score for the second year in a row. Mid-first, that is, not LSU. Uh, and the Oklahoma Reader's Choice Award, best bank for the sixth year in a row. Best mobile app, second year in a row with the Oklahoma Reader's Choice Awards. midfirst.com/ com slash pistols firing. Mid-first has been awesome throughout the fall, and we have enjoyed our partnership with them. So, uh, Carson, what do you got one interesting thing? Well, let's
0: take a trip back in time to 2011. Mm. OSU had done everything in their power to play LSU in the national championship game in New Orleans, I believe it was. I think it was in New Orleans or in Atlanta. I can't remember. But um, I thought Oklahoma State, if they played LSU, they would have beat them. And beat them somewhat handily, in my opinion. And then I go to the game this year and watch LSU basically turn into that 2011 team on steroids <laughs> with those receivers that they have. And it, it could not have been easier to see how far away OSU is from that type of game. Obviously, we saw how far away OU is, too. But it just watching that was like, wow. In 2011, OSU could have beaten LSU. Now look at what they would have to go up against. Like that, They would lose by 50 points and a half to that team. Wouldn't even be close. So, I mean... I, to me, that that kind of illustrates where I'm at with where OSU football is now versus. And again, 20, 2011 was kind of lightning in a bottle, best team they've ever had. But in the moment in 2011, we were wondering, was this going to be sustainable? Were they gonna? Was OSU football about to go to the next, the next level, the next, uh, you know, pedestal, so to speak? And being there in person, holy moly, are they far away from that? Not that I'm not saying they deserve to get there or ever will get there, but it was. Whew, yeah. That was a different level of football I saw.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the big, it's been a tough week for us with the big 12 stuff because the game I watch, I don't know if the all big 12 first team can like rolls with o- with uh, LSU in the Peach Bowl. Absolutely not. I, I just, I-, I, don't <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I think that, and again, it's a quarterback deal, right? Cause like, you play Mississippi State in a bowl game. Do they even make a bowl? I don't know. Whatever. You play South. They Car- lost a. Lu- they lost a Louisville. Okay. You play South Carolina. You play South Carolina. You play Tennessee, and then the SEC stuff becomes like, I just, I, I just, I think it's a quarterback thing. Like Burrow's a freak. He's the number one pick. Number two pick. Whatever. And it just is so transformative. And I think that's what I mean if i'm if I'm a program, I've got a recruiting department and I've got a quarterback recruiting department <laughs> right because i mean this is the texas stuff you you go four years and you're like you kind of got guys, but not really it's just it it is paramount, and for an s e c team it makes you unbeatable um and for a big twelve team, you know you got to have it to win the league, and that's what OU had this year. But then you throw their guy out against LSU's guy, and it's not even close.
0: Yeah, our, our takes on the Big Twelve have not aged well. No, no, not good. Well, at all. Iowa State got absolutely destroyed by Notre Dame. That was that was like uh,
1: that's not shocking.
0: Not for you. That was that was hard to watch. That was like that was like
1: watching an assault. <laughs> it's like oof. Hate to see that. Okay, here's my one interesting thing. My five predictions for 2019. So I said, number one, golf golf is going to go back-to-back. Um, missed that one. They lost to Texas in the match play, but they did win the stroke play by 31, uh, which was hilarious. Uh, I said wrestling. Great, great format. Great format. I mean, it's still pretty great. Stupid. I said wrestling is going to finish second to Penn State in the NCAAs. They finished third behind Penn State and Ohio State. I said Mike Boynton is going to grab a top twenty recruit. <laughs> that one aged well. I uh, I added a, I could have taken the zero off Carson. Top two. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I said that. Okay, here's my last one. I said the Chuba was going to leave, and at the time, it, it's hard to like think back a year ago. That felt crazy to write and I'm sure people thought it was crazy for me to say here's what I wrote though I said and this is this is wild to read back on just thinking about like what I was thinking about and whatever I said I predicted that Justice would leave last year which was much easier to see coming but if Chuba has listen to this if Chuba has 300 touches for 1800 yards and 20 touchdowns all numbers that I think are in play (laughs) then why in the world would he come back for two more years he has NFL speed, great height, and if he puts on five or ten more pounds, he'll be an ideal player for the modern NFL offensive game. You better restock the cupboard. You better restock <laughs> the running back cupboard quickly because the NFL is coming for everybody. Well I, done. I thought the, the eighteen hundred and twenty was like it like I like closed my eyes typing it because it felt outrageous. And then he just <laughs> and then he just blew past it. Yeah.
0: That's a great call by you. That that almost that almost overcomes you picking Josh Josh Cooper to have more receiving yards than Justin (laughs) Blackman in 2011.
1: Almost. So you've been PFB Nate the whole time. It's been you.
0: (laughs) That's that one's locked in the vault, and you can throw my oh, you will keep it a close game with LSU in the vault, that same vault too. (laughs) That was unspeakable.
1: Oh. Okay. One more time for 2019 for the decade. Uh, Let's hear from Chris's. We'll come back and uh, put a bow on this. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Noblock on historic campus corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, any last uh, any parting thoughts for the decade, the 2010s? Uh yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. I mean, that, that started
0: off with the 2011 team really making history and really kind of making you reimagine what was possible at Oklahoma state in terms of football. Uh, and just, it's been kind of a wild ride ever since. And uh, it's been fun. And to me, it, to me, it's really encouraging where basketball is heading for the new, next decade. This past decade was a lost decade. It really was. And I think Mike Boynton has it on track to make it maybe the best decade we'd had since the nineties, the early two thousands. So it's a, it's a exciting time. And it's a, New Year's always a time for reflection, but it's also time to look forward. I, I can't wait for basketball.
1: Yep. I am with you. This site, this podcast didn't exist uh, this time last decade. Who knows if it'll exist this time next decade, 2029. We're talking about how Gunnar Gundy won two Heismans in Snowwater. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, but it has been, it's been a blast. Like you said this about going to the Peach Bowl, you know, OU football, or just your job essentially is taking you to all kinds of places, meet all kinds of people. It, it's a ton of fun. And I like you am hopeful that that continues with, with both basketball and football. I'd love to go, I'd go cover a final four. Come on, you know, go cover, go cover a regional final, a sweet 16 in basketball. That'd be the best. that would be, I mean, I haven't even like thought about doing that. And uh, I, that would just, that would be uh that would be a thrill. So Uh, it's been obviously fun to do this with you covering Oklahoma state sports is, uh, is always interesting, always enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, thanks for a great year. Do you have any, do you have any good new year's resolutions?
0: New year's resolutions.
1: No, I don't ever do those. Yeah. Maybe I should. Mine. I told you before the show was to get my uh, TSA pre-check done.
0: I have it. It's worth it. Um, don't say it too loudly. I don't want too many people to do it. So I'm with that line to stay small,
1: no, no free ads. We should, we shouldn't be giving yeah. out free ads. <laughs> okay, Carson, happy new uh, year.
0: My, my new year's resolution is to, uh, not miss as many pods as I do with work and everything else gets in the way. I'm gonna try and Try to be a better pod partner
1: yeah well we you we'll, we'll schedule better you've been you've been doing the rundowns it's it's gotten better it's it's far better than it was this time two years ago even a year ago so cool. it's been fun thanks to everybody for listening uh if you have time go rate and review it on itunes that that helps us out and uh yeah we're still looking for a couple of uh of partners for for 2020 so if you're interested in sponsoring holler at us pistols firing blog at gmail.com and thanks for listening
0: Have a happy new year.